Hello, Orahans, and welcome to this week's episode. I am one of your spooktacular hosts, V. And I'm Meg, the other person that's here. The other spooktacular host. <laughs> I couldn't think of like another cute, spooky word to include, so hi, it's me. <laughs> it me, your girl, bitch. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. Well, yes, we're back. Obviously, you had our Suspiria episode last week. We hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to record. And Hugh was an amazing guest. Yeah. Hugh, as a non-horror lover, was an interesting perspective to have. So, Hugh, baby, if you're listening, come back. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be fun to include talking to people who don't like horror movies on here because they definitely give you a completely different like set of eyes on the situation and perspective. So yeah, I have another person in mind that doesn't like horror movies, which is um, Margot Trevor's wife. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think... I may potentially ask one of my best friends, Connor, who does not watch horror films at all, potentially his girlfriend, Kirsty, who I think also does not watch horror films. Their peak cinema is Shrek. So, okay. So, I think that'll be quite interesting to have. Also, you'll love them. That's amazing. So, yeah, I really like talking to anybody about spooky movies mm. um so yeah yes yes well i don't think we've got any horror news for you guys this week um i think it's been quite dry on the horror news apart from meg mentioned that um jordan pills company yeah i think monkey paw is making a podcast i think that they've like released a name and it kind of sounds like the quiet place i can't remember exactly what it's oh, called hold on i think i just scrolled and passed the fangoria article for it so let me just scroll back up um so it's um quiet part loud horror podcast and there'll be 12 episodes that'll be available to stream on spotify on november 15th so obviously by the time that this episode yeah. will be out it will that will be already out so who knows we will probably maybe listen to a few episodes before we record next and see if we oh, fuck yeah. with it but if it's jordan peele actually talking into a microphone i will be listening to all 12 episodes <laughs> that's very very true now i will say i've been watching a lot of shit recently like that's pretty much all i've been doing yes and I started a new show, and well, it only has one season, and I'm kind of disappointed about that. But I'm curious to know if you have watched Truth Seekers. Oh, I've heard about it. I don't think I've watched it, but I have definitely heard of Truth Seekers. Okay, well, it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yes. And Nick Frost is, like, part of this tech company that goes and fixes stuff, kind of like Angel from Nope. And... He's also a paranormal investigator. It's really funny. Um, And Simon Pegg wears the absolute worst fucking wig on that show. It is hilarious. I think you would like it. I know, but I've got this thing. It's weird. So if I have got a TV show on my watch list 
and then I find out that TV show has been cancelled. I don't put yeah. myself through that emotional turmoil of getting attached to characters in a TV show I know I'm not going to see again. So Truth Seekers, unfortunately, uh, was not renewed for a second season. Yeah. Um, But I think the reason why that it quote-unquote flopped, even though it's got quite good ratings and is quite loved by the people that have watched it, is because they did not advertise it correctly. There was fuck all advertising for it. Yeah, that kind of um seems to be a sad reoccurring theme in horror is that it just doesn't get the the ads for it. Um, it doesn't reach the right audience. It's Amazon Prime. Like you've seen that they advertise, you know, Rings of Power. It's been everywhere. Um, whenever they've got a really big show coming out they'll advertise it to non-fuckery but when it's stuff that's in the sci-fi horror realm that you know goes towards the more horror aspects or more alien aspects they don't give the advertisements for it like my best friend's exorcism got fuck all advertisement yeah. Truth Seekers got fuck all advertisement. And the ratings, like it's got eighty percent of the people like the TV show. Seven out seven out of ten on IMDB. Four point four out of five on Amazon UK. Seventy-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it was loved by the fans that watched it. And they were like, Well, it's not hundred percent no, is it? So we're gonna cancel it. Yeah, but it is pretty good. I would say just watch it just because it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, but you know, uh, yeah, that's I just know, me. I know, I do love them. They are my favorite duo, probably like favorite co- British comedy duo. Yeah, they're so cute. They are, but yeah, I mean, I've just been watching like a bunch of movies. We can talk about it um next week if you want, but we have a lot of movies to talk about for today's episode. Yes. This is this is the first time that we're covering a franchise. Oh my god, yeah. And of all the franchises that we would cover first, it's got to be this one, which if you didn't know from the title, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise because you, of all people, suggested it. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. This is our <laughs> Thanksgiving episode. So I was like, how can we celebrate thanksgiving in the most american way and that is by talking about tcm i mean this movie is not like this movie franchise is not our favorite but i thought v it's a little slice of america baby yeah i mean i thought we would go more stupid route for thanksgiving because i think personally as a British person viewing it from an outside, I think it's a ridiculous holiday to view. But that's just me. But then again, in Britain, we've got a day called Guy Fawkes Day. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, <laughs> it's like America breaking bread with the indigenous people when they landed here. Mm-hmm. The pilgrims. So basically, that just is a means a huge feast and you get a really fucked up disgusting feast in these movies um but you know texas woohoo bang 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 bang. you shot me down exactly um so for this episode 
I rewatched and watched for the first time some of these movies. Um, so I ranked them, and I know that you ranked the Leatherface masks, right? Yes, I did, because you know you you had said you were ranking the film, so I was like, okay, what can I bring to this episode that isn't just trivia and some of my sarky comments? I know. I'm going <laughs> to copy an idea from a YouTuber I saw that did his own ranking of all the Leatherface masks. And I was like, you know what? That's a brilliant idea. I'm going to take that and own it for myself. So this is my own original idea that I came up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't included two of the masks. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about the prequels um, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So that's going to be Texas Chainsaw, The Beginning, and Leatherface. I think those came out in 2006 and 2017. I've said it here on this podcast, I am just not the biggest Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. Um, I really contribute that to probably like when I saw the movies. And like, I know that this original movie is like, one of those that every horror fans love. Um, and I get the impact that it had on the genre. It's just not my cup of tea, um, which is crazy because mm. it's like a 70s Hooper movie. So like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, there are a lot of things that it did that opened the gateway yeah. for um, horror, like having the first Final Girl, the 2003 remake opening the door for other horror film remakes so for some reason this this franchise has opened doors for um horror which is very weird yeah it has it's just i am not a fan of cannibal movies just because they i feel like are the most terrifying antagonists that like any story can have and so like that aspect Mm. i can get behind and i do find the sawyers super unsettling because like i said I totally, totally, from my asshole to my to my eyes, okay, the fact that there are human beings on this earth that eat other human beings makes me fucking sick. Like, it is mortifying to me. And then they took that creep factor and amplified it towards a thousand by putting it in Texas because can confirm that everything is scarier in Texas, okay? I thought the same was everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, it's Texas is fucking creepy and I am somebody who lived in Texas for a few years of my life. It is a really bizarre place if you are not part of that sort of culture, like an outsider viewing Texas like because There are parts of Texas that are just absolutely nothing but, like, an abandoned barn. And there's, like, nothing around for miles after that. So, it's, like, kind of like Las Vegas. Like, you don't realize that Las Vegas is pretty much, like, all desert. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It it really is uncomfortable. So, setting it in Texas just makes it freakier for me. But... Mm. I do contribute me not being 100% down with these movies is because sometimes I feel like you need to watch a certain movie when you're younger to like kind of get into it, you know, so you have like a lifelong fascination and that just didn't happen for me. Like I Mm. saw when I was a teenager, like it wasn't like a, oh, are you like the hugest fan of Texas Chainsaw V? I wouldn't say like it's my first pick. Like, you know me, 
I am a Jason girl. Yeah. Through and through. Like, I love Jason so much. We're going to get into it, but I definitely think the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably the best. But we're going to get into (laughs) your ranking. Um, but I think I think why it's the best is because the feel of it was something that I think a lot of people didn't feel at the time. Yeah, I think I saw this the the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie with my cousin. Um, and it was like when we were teenagers and would like sneak booze into his basement and like just get drunk and watch really shitty horror movies. So like I don't know if it's because I viewed it during that part of my life or if it's because it's the actual movie, but watching the original Texas Chainsaw, you feel dirty. Like it's mm. gritty and you just feel dirty watching it. Like you it's something mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be watching. So like I do give it credit for that and you could argue that it has inspired even my favorite slasher, which is Michael Myers. So, well, other yeah. than Ghostface, but if we're going to be talking like yeah. the the old school slashers, but yeah, let's get down to my rankings because I have a lot of opinions yes. on a lot of these movies. Yeah. Are we going from like your least favorite yeah. to your favorite? Yep. We're going to okay, be going cool. least favorite to favorite. So starting at the very fucking bottom is going to be... Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 from 1990. And I truly don't really have a lot to say about this one because it fucking sucked. <laughs> like, it is it is so forgettable. I forgot this movie even existed. And reviewing it, I wish that I hadn't watched it. It has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.4 star on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sucks and it is not just me. No. Uh, to be honest, um, I'm glad you said the years because my trivia is just in the years. I didn't write down the full names. Um, I only have two bits of trivia on each film because otherwise it will be a very long episode if I oh, put yeah. a single bit of trivia. Um, but I can probably tell you why it sucks. I can tell you why too. With one of my one of my trivia facts actually. Um, so the film trailer was done before they even had a director and before the production started. So Wow. Kinda um gets you thinking a bit of like yeah. how? Why? Why did they do that? What 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 made them think that that was the best move to do? Well, if that's what you contribute it to being so fucking shitty, but I thought that it was poorly lit. I mean, you could not fucking see what was on the screen. It was poorly acted and it was horribly fucking paced. Yeah, from what I've heard as well, I don't think I haven't watched it. Like like I've said to you, I've watched the first film, the second film and the two remakes because everything in between hasn't interested me. So I, I can understand. <laughs> Basically, it's a couple whose relationship is far past its expiration date, crashes into a survivalist, and then all of them get tormented by Leatherface and the gang. But I will say one kind of amusing thing about this movie is one of the characters just brings out this big super, it's like a 
XL chainsaw. And it is engraved that says, the saw is family. You know, just as a little little touch for um, Leatherface. <laughs> that and is then, so fucking stupid. Well, you know, and it tells us audience members that I guess, yes, Leatherface can in fact read. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not illiterate. I never thought about that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a shitty movie. If you haven't watched Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, you really don't need to, and you'll be just fine. No, and my last bit of trivia, which would have probably actually made the film better if it happened, Mm. um, Tom Tom Savini was offered the job of directing the film. It definitely would have been much better if he was. Exactly. That's what I I was thinking. I was like, if he had accepted that, imagine what kind of film that would be. It would have been a lot, a lot fucking cooler, I feel like. So this one, I this is where I struggled was which one to rank on the bottom of this list because I almost feel like this one is tied with Leatherface um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 and that is the 2022 remake (laughs) of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I watched it yesterday and I knew that it was going to be bad but I didn't think that it would be stupid and I was proven wrong. I told you. I told you, when I watched this film, I was like, bitch, don't even fucking waste your time with it. It is something else. And there's a lot of things that weren't needed in it. Um, The school shooter aspect, you could argue. Mm. But my thing is, is you're, if you're going to include that, like, at least execute it properly. Like, I feel like that that was really poorly executed. And to be quite honest with you, the only reason I ranked it where I did was because of the kills. Yeah. The kills in this movie were brutal. When you were watching it yesterday, I did text you saying the kills in this film are the only things that save it. Yes. The school bus massacre scene was Mm. intense. I was like, oh my God, when he cut her in half and she like slid out and her intestines were sliding. I was like, Jesus. Mm. Yes. I've got a trivia fact about that. Ooh. Yeah, give it. So during the bus massacre scene, they used 200 gallons of blood I while shooting it. that particular scene. And you know what? It was effective. Like, if you, if you think about it, from this remake to the original, this is probably the most gore we have seen in the whole entire franchise, which is a shame for a really shitty film. There is some of the newer ones that are far more gory. I will just come out and say that, but yes, definitely. And like I said, that's the only reason why I was ranked higher. And the reason why I wanted to put it on the bottom was because I really wish that the Sally storyline had just stayed dead. If you are going to kill off one of the first, most influential, iconic final girls ever. Don't make it so fucking cheap. Like, there was absolutely no way that she was alive when he chainsawed her, pulled her out, and then fucking threw her into Mm -hmm. the garbages. And then she was still Mm -hmm. alive hours later. Like, give me a break. Yeah, I truly wholeheartedly believe 
that they should not bring they shouldn't have brought back Sally due to the fact the original actress sadly passed away in 2014. So they had to recast Sally. And I don't think that's right. I think they should have just left the character alone. Yeah, I mean, you could have still said that she was a ranger and that she was hunting him, but that she wasn't going to put herself in that situation any longer. Like, anything else but that. And I will say that I hate that this movie makes you almost empathize with Leatherface because it's like mm. here come these annoying ass millennials <laughs> coming to gentrify a ghost town with what they call a weird cult-like vision for a perfect new world yeah and then they kill your longtime guardian like yeah. i know eat the rich but like jesus Oh my god, this, the whole fucking writing in this film, like when they're doing the auction scene, and she's like, so, to the brunch people, oh my god, I love brunch. What, what was the fucking point of that line? Also, the end, uh, the end scene. Okay, hold on, (laughs) hold on, hold on. The twist ending was fun though, like when he picked her up, and I was fucking dying the car driving itself slowly (laughs) sent me it sent me as well because uh you go through this whole film going what the fuck what the fuck and then you get to that end bit where she's just screaming out the sunroof of the self-driving car and you're just like sent over the edge you're like okay i'm having a nervous breakdown right now what the fuck is this when i watched this movie i watched this movie yesterday morning val came in like toward the end of the movie and it was like when they had um like pushed him into the water yeah and i was i literally turned to val when he pulled her out and decapitated her sister mel i think is her name when that happened I looked at Val and I was like, this is why Sydney Prescott is my fucking bitch, because she makes sure that those motherfuckers are dead. Yes, yes. I mean, they brought it upon themselves, to be honest. She deserved to get killed that way. Like, let's face it. Why did he let the other sister go? Probably, uh, well, he could only really kill one. And I think it's because they wanted to make a modern kind of homage to Sally's exit in the 1974 film. And like him him just stood there. It was the way he was stood there holding the chainsaw in one hand and her fucking head in the other just staring at this slow-ass self-driving car. Yeah, Sid, okay. you could have fucking caught that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was going like two miles an hour. Like, if he really wanted to, he could have done the same thing. So that's what I'm just like, whatever. Because I will say, one thing about these fucking movies is, Lord, do they like to pay homage to its predecessors. It's like the same freaking scenes over and over and over again. But at least that one was funny. Yeah, it definitely, definitely sent me over the edge that one i don't like this film at all so i i agree with the placement of this but let me give you my last fun fact for 2022 (laughs) the road sign shows the town of harlow as having a population of 1974 people 
The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released in 1974. That's cute. And oh, I didn't put this on, but I did want to mention that the chainsaw they used was the original chainsaw as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. So this next movie, have you had a chance to watch my number five entry, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D? Yes, I've got notes for this one. And I don't think I have seen the 3D one because obviously there was an era where everything was in fucking 3D and I couldn't take it anymore. Oh my god. So basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D was Halloween Kills before Halloween Kills was Halloween Kills. There... (laughs) I applaud this movie for taking a completely different route from the storyline. It started completely differently and it strayed from the typical path, but it still had some original themes like how we talked about the last one, like picking up a hitchhiker, the little armadillo nod. Um, But they started this movie and it's supposed to be a direct sequel from the original. Basically, yeah, the 1974, and it ignores the previous sequels and does not include the remakes from the produce from that were produced by new line cinema that was one of my trivia facts yes so it is basically they start with this mob mentality and a bunch of self-governing texans take it upon themselves to to light up the sawyer home with like molotov cocktails and basically burn them all so kind of like the remake of nightmare on elm street Pretty much, yes. Um, So there's a baby that's from the Sawyers that gets saved. And that's the girl that we follow. And she inherits this big home from one of her grandmothers who she didn't know that she had. And basically she finds out that she is Leatherface's cousin after he's murdered all of her friends. And in the end... Basically, these townspeople that killed off the Sawyers try to kill Leatherface and his cousin because they want to end the bloodline. And um, they basically end up being like, cousin friends, woohoo, we're going to annihilate these fuckers. And basically, the final girl turns out to like be crazy as well. There's one line, I think, where she throws the chainsaw to Leatherface and was like, here you go, cuz. Oh, yes. I have heard about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, it's a fucking awful plot. I mean, this movie still was Still not gore- as bad as 2022, but it's still No, bad. no, 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 no. And like, this movie was gorier than most, but I think that I like it more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 22 is because it just at least tried to do something different. I mean, it didn't work, but like at least it wasn't <laughs> at least it wasn't the one that we got from this year or Leatherface. Yeah. Wasn't the shit show we've had before. Yes. Um they really wanted to drive the family bond home, but it just felt really really weird. And there was a scene that really weirded me out where Leatherface was sewing the mask onto his actual face. Yes. And for some reason, I was like, why does this feel so much more extreme? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've got my rankings of the Leatherface masks. 
And let's just say neither of the two masks were my favorite. No, they were weird. But the another thing that I liked about this movie was that Trey Songs was in it. <laughs> and he was really horny in this movie. Christ, okay. <laughs> But it's definitely a product of 2013 with Trey Songs. It's not the worst. It's not the best. But I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do with this movie. It's like you could miss this one and it wouldn't ruin. And it would like wouldn't ruin anything for you. No, it wouldn't really ruin a storyline either. So no, no. Well, for my last trivia fact is John Duggan. Um, who portrayed Grandpa in the 1974 film, reprises his role in the opening scene of this film because when he filmed as the Grandpa, he was only 19 years old. Wait, 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 what? Yes, in 1974, when he portrayed the Grandpa, he was 19. Holy shit. No, was he 19 or 16? He was young. He was a teenager. That's so crazy. What we what we see is very good makeup. Um, fuck yeah, yeah. So that's just a little fun fact between the nineteen seventy four one and that one. Though. Interesting. So my next movie on this list, I told you to watch it, but I don't know if you got a chance to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation from ninety nine. So I didn't, but I did watch um a the kill count on this film by Dead Meat. Um, I I remember watching it when it was released when they did it because they went through all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. But I just rewatched it to brushing your get noggin. the old noggin, get the old noggin working. I don't think that I watched this one until recently, and I really (laughs) don't even know why I like this one so much. I don't know if it was because the storyline left me with more questions than answers. I don't know if it was Renee Zellweger. I don't know if it was Matthew McConaughey. I don't know if it was because Leatherface absolutely came to slay. I'm really not sure. It was ridiculous it's probably the most ridiculous one in the whole entire franchise and that's saying a lot considering the 1986 film yeah i it was a lot and i i think i liked it because leatherface was like everything in this to me i don't know why when he donned the woman outfit i was just like yes yes Yes, but I feel like they tied the past events um, in well from the beginning. Like, you know how you hear that voice and it's like mm. reading you the headlines like this horrific event from 1974 yeah. or whenever the fuck. I thought that that was nice and it was almost like it was so bad it was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know those movies? I disagree with that, but each their own preferences. I think you'd like it because it is fucking camp. And I truly loved, and this is, I think when I texted you and I was like, you need to watch this movie. There there was um, a scene that they do a lot in these movies where the girl jumps out the window to like get away. (laughs) But when Renee Zellweger did it in this movie, for some reason, it just made me giggle. I I when um I was watching the um kill count that he was talking about the dinner scene and <laughs> Matthew McConaughey kills someone 
we assume he kills, but he knocks him over the head with a hammer. And the grandpa picks up a knife and fucks off out of there. Yes. And we don't see him for the rest of the film. And then <laughs> her character is like, well, I guess I will be going. And no one better follow me. And she gets up and then Leatherface stands up and she's like, you sit the fuck down. I'm telling you, this movie is so funny to me. Like, I don't know what it is. It did feel off, like, because it's supposed to have, and what a lot of these movies have is, like, this family connection, and it's just Mm. a really weird family dynamic in this one. I don't know if it was because they recut it, and this is not the original movie, but it felt weird. Well, it was originally released in 1995 under the title The Return of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then it got shelved, and then a couple of years later, when uh, Renee Zellweger had a big film come out, and then she got very, very popular, they recut it and re-released it in 1997 and changed the name to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Which, it kind of makes me laugh as well, because it's, like, made me think of Degrassi. Um, But... I don't know if you ever watched Degrassi or not. No, but I know the name. Yeah. I know the name of Next Generation. Oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. You Degrassi. love Degrassi. But yeah, I I don't hate this one, to be honest. Um, But yeah, it's definitely worth a watch, V. I, I definitely think that you should. Um, So we're getting into my top three now. Okay. My number three spot goes to the 2003 remake just titled The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I think it may be the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that I ever watched, to be honest. So I think that that might have a factor in where it ranks with me because I remember being super freaked out by this movie. Yeah. But you cannot tell me that they truly thought and expected us to believe that this movie was supposed to be set in the 70s. They were so lazy. In their time period yeah. setting. I don't know if it's supposed to be set in the 70s. Does it I'm state it's supposed to be set in the 70s? I'm pretty sure, yes. I think this is supposed to be like a direct remake from the 74 version. They have like some outfits that are supposed to be in the 70s and like their bumper stickers are like, I like hippie girls or whatever the fuck. I think that it's supposed to be in the 70s. Okay, okay. Um, I do. I did want to just say I did have another fact for the nineteen ninety five film. Oh shit! Yeah. Um. It. So it's a really short one. Um. It was the first film where Leatherface did not kill anyone with a chainsaw. Mm. Oh. Oh yeah. So, That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So just I thought that was very interesting, but. Yeah, I can't see anything it was set in the 70s, but I, I agree with you. It it felt very, very lazy. But the cinematography yeah. in this film is so gritty. And that's what I want from my Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Yes. Like, I love the camp expert aspect of, you know, the 74 and the, um what was it, 80... Free? Um, are you talking about the second 86. one? Eighty six. Yeah, eighty six. Um, I love the campiness and that they leaned more into the horror comedy aspect, especially in the eighty six one. But when I think of Leatherface, 
I think of grittiness because yeah. he is a cannibal. He is murdering people with a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. And I think this film gets that right. Yes. And I think that this remake is is generally liked. Um, And it was the first one. I don't know if this is a fun fact or something that you have, but from Platinum Dunes. Um, So they produced this. It's a, a studio. And they went mm. on to make a decent amount of remakes. They remade The Hitcher, The Amityville Horror, and mm-hmm. um, The Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think is like one of the last remakes that they've done, uh, because obviously that flopped so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But they also went on to produce movies like The Purge and The Quiet Place. Okay. But they really started off strong with this, because like you said, it really felt... I felt feel like the closest to the original in terms of the dirtiness you feel when watching it. Yeah, yeah. And let's also point out the fact that up until this point, we had like slashes uh, yeah. with very little gore. And then this came out and this was before Hostel and Saw, bear in mind. And this yeah. was like one of the first horror films we had that was like very gory like there was an amplified level of blood guts and people being cut in half sort of thing yeah like when the hitchhiker that they picked up like blew her brains out that was really fucking intense oh my god shot beautifully as well like (laughs) weird to say in a sentence like that but that scene to like kick off all the, the the kills was one of probably the best ways they could have done it yeah and i i feel like they definitely chose to take leatherface in a different direction in this movie i feel like leatherface was more mentally cognizant of what was going on he wasn't as quote-unquote simple as they've called him in other movies yeah he's he's like using a little sewing machine to like sew his mask up which i thought was interesting because in all the other ones he's like hand doing it if he's doing it yeah and this is one of the only movies i think other than the recent remake that we see his face yes like his actual true face that that is correct and i don't know if that was the a choice of the director or the guy who played leatherface in this film which i have a fun fact about him um which is after learning that the remake was happening, Andrew Brunisky went up to the producer, Michael Bay, at a Christmas party and personally asked him for the role as Leatherface in this film. And he got it. I mean, just take the bull by the horns. If you want something, you go out and get it. Yeah. The director is Marcus Nispel. Nispel? He's a German um, director, but he also directed the 2009 Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Where's Hugh when we need them? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I can't say anything right. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that I did like about this that I'll get into with my with another ranking is I actually like the final girl character. I decently liked Erin. I enjoyed that we learned that she was in juvie and learned to pick locks mm. and hot wire cars and shit like that. And the look yeah. on her face 
when Leatherface turns around and is wearing her boyfriend Kemper's face is priceless. Like, Jessica Biel, I feel like, did really well in this movie. She acted her whole Buddhist off in this film. She is probably the only one of their final girls from this whole franchise that's actually done some real damage to Leatherface. She cut off his motherfucking arm. Yes, she did. Like, you don't see your mask killers like Jason well Jason's a different story Jason always comes back but like Michael and Ghostface Freddy like get very seriously injured like obviously Ghostface is a different story because he gets killed at the end but like doesn't get severely injured like that like gets the motherfucking arm cut off yeah I hide the final girl that was a really intense scene but I do not like the way that they closed this movie. It makes me mad because she basically does exactly what the hitchhiker does. She gets in that semi truck, mm. doesn't tell him what's going on, tries to take the wheel, and he's like, You're crazy. Mm. Obviously, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so one of the family members is going to get run over. But she brutally did it. So I do yeah. respect it on that end, but I just felt it was the same lazy writing that most of the remakes have, but yeah. this one felt stupider to me because it's like, girl, yeah. you're doing the same exact thing that got mm-hmm. all of your friends killed. Uh, yeah, like she triple tapped his ass. She did. And was there any need for that? I mean, drive him over twice. It, it made her feel good. But my final fact for this is Erica Leeson. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but (laughs) she plays one of um, the Final Girl's friends. Screamed so loudly during her screen test that people in other parts of the building called police to report a woman being attacked. Oh my god. (laughs) So we're rounding out our list. I only have two left. Mmm. I'm interested to know if my rankings are what you would expect them to be. I I have a feeling I know which one is going to be your number one. Okay. Because I know what you're like. Let's see if you got it correct. Coming in at number two on my list is going to be The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974. I fucking knew that the (laughs) 1986 one would be your top. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, don't be sorry because it's camp. Like, yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah. (laughs) Like I said in the beginning of this episode, I really respect Texas Chainsaw Massacre for what they've done for the horror community. I mean, like, they have inspired so many filmmakers, Ty West with X, um, and so many other people. And the the genre was able to grow because of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, people really did not expect it to be what it was. And it just propelled the whole genre into a completely different light for a lot of people. But this movie just didn't stick with me, maybe one, because of when I viewed it in my life, but two. I found and still find after rewatching it, I've watched this movie like three times, all of the characters are insufferable. Mm. I love me a good final girl. And the key word is good in that sentence because all of the women in this movie infuriate me. It's just yelling and screaming and running and I wasn't able to connect with any of them. 
And that just turns me off in any storyline. I understand that Sally was one of the first final girls, but she was so boring. She didn't, I feel like, really fight back. That could be a product of when it was written in the 70s. I I think because she is the quote-unquote first one, I think the term final girl and final girls themselves have evolved over time. Oh my god, so much. So I don't even think they were, like, thinking about, like, you know, making this whole new um, sub-genre of horror, like a, um, a, oh, what's the word? We, we, uh, we're, trope. Uh, trope. That's the word. Make <laughs> a new whole trope with this film. So they were probably just like, mm, let's just make a woman the final person in this film. And then they just set the ball rolling. And it's evolved over time. And we're getting more and more badass final girls that will fight back. Which is evolving with the time, I think. Like, we got to remember, this was set in 1974. And in Texas. In Texas. And apparently this is an allegory for the Vietnam War. This is, that's too much for my brain. Yeah, I tried to understand, like, I was reading an article and I was like, what, how is this an allegory for the Vietnam War? And I still don't get it. But <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very different time for where we're now. And back then, women weren't seen as the strongest. So probably for them to have a girl, a woman, as the final person alive after going through all that tremendous trauma was probably, like, very, like, oh, this yeah. is going to set some people off i think we probably discussed this in our final go episode when we discussed sally yeah. but i understand she she is boring yeah but she's that's boring. because we we have been blessed with so many good final girls now yeah that's so true and we'll get into one with my number one pick but um i also really like that the true events lore around this movie shook so many people because they really hadn't done that very much. I don't know if this is the first one or what, but that whole true events, like based on true events, which it kind of is, it's inspired by Ed Gein, but yeah, but it's kind of not though, is it? <laughs> but it's kind of not. Um, right. So it's kind of like teetering that line. But Val told me that living in Texas as kids, like elementary school level, they thought it was real. Like, they thought oh that Leatherface was real. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't put it past certain groups of people, whether it be in the U.S. or here, to do shit like this. Mm. And I think that that's what makes it so scary for me. But my dad always would tell me a story about when he went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So my dad, I think, was six when this movie came out. And they lived in rural Oklahoma, which I know you don't know, but it's really close to Texas. He had stepsisters. And for some reason, his stepdad took them to the drive-in and they watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre in rural Oklahoma at a drive-in movie. And then after the movie, my dad said it was all dark and they were him and his sisters were in the back of the like the bed of the truck. And his stepdad drove them out to, like, an abandoned building in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And they were just screaming. And he was just in the truck laughing. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, these movies are definitely, like, an American experience because I could definitely see some weird shit happening out in bumfuck Texas. Mm, that is, yeah, that's a story. <laughs> Way to traumatize your children. <laughs> right. 101. Fuck you But know. I appreciate this movie for what it did and that I... F- think that's why it's so high in the rankings but it just can't mm. be my number one not when we have good characters that i feel like far exceed yeah. the characters of the original movie yeah yeah but one last fact horribly why this film is also notorious is because while they were shooting the film it was a hundred degrees and they were filming in central texas was apparently quite humid Oh my god! And they sh- and they shot for twenty seven hours straight. Oh shit! God bless them. I'm telling you, Texas is a whole different vibe. V. I know that you can't relate, but it is like, it's I. It, I can imagine like during one of the kill counts I was watching uh, for this the original to refresh my brain. There was a clip of the original Leatherface, and he said between takes he would go out puke put his mask back on and go straight back into reshoot yeah i mean i could not imagine the grueling because obviously they had they had the dinner scene and they had food out and the food was going rotten while they were shooting throughout the day and you can imagine the smell the smell must have made everyone feels sick which it did and that's why the original actor who played loverface threw up so much is because that must have been uh, disgusting and he's wearing a mask which just makes you even more hot oh exactly well v i'm really excited to get into texas chainsaw massacre too to be quite honest <laughs> the 1986 horror comedy that yes is- Somebody for our Halloween episode submitted Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and I didn't really want to talk about it on that episode because I had a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. that I wanted to save for this episode, but I fuck heavy with this movie. It's camp. It is, and I enjoy that they went with the time. Like They played into that 80s level of horror mixed with comedy, and maybe that's why it's my favorite, but... The macabre horror that they added in this movie. I mean, even the movie poster being a play on The Breakfast Club. Like, I love it. Yes, I got a fun fact for you. Okay. On that. So, the corpse that Chop Top and Leatherface carry around with them in the film and also appears on the original artwork is the hitchhiker from the 1974 film. Oh my god, interesting. But I think the real reason why I love this movie so much is because we get the fun character of Stretch. I love her so much. She was smart, but she did scream a lot. So like she is part of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre final girl trope for me. But she used her wit to her advantage in this film, especially like in that scene where... He's coming at her and he he like breaks through that door in the studio and he's kind Mm. of like seemingly trying to fuck her with a chainsaw and she's like yelling but is is playing it so coyly. I I don't know. I just 
Love her character. And I also love the fact that a chunk of it was set in the radio station. Um, I thought it was fun. The lighting was groovy. Like, that was super cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice when we get a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which isn't rehashing the same fucking scenes over and over again. Yes. Um, which is why, also in the 2003 film, I appreciated them not have a dinner scene and actually have um, a scene set in the, um, the, the butcher farm. Like, the... Yeah, the meat packing plant, yeah. Yes, yes, because they always mention it in Texas Chainsaw Massacre films and it's never seen. So any film that can tell you kind of the same story without rehashing the same fucking scenes is great. I think that the remakes and the sequels really lose that. Like they just go back to, like I said earlier, it's lazy writing. Give us something new, but with the same characters or the same feel of it. And that's what they did with this one. My favorite part about this movie is the fucking tunnel scene where she slides down into like the Sawyer's fucked up pit and she's kind of hiding, but then Leatherface finds her. Number one, that was tense as fuck. But what really sets that scene apart for me in my mind is when Leatherface picks her up and puts the mask on her and makes her dance with him like re-watching this film even now like i was visibly disgusted i was like oh my fucking god leatherface is a fucking creep and i think he's amplified as a creep more in this film absolutely like there's definitely an extra sexual layer in this movie with him and it feels like this film is different from like the films that were released in the 80s yeah if that makes sense like it doesn't feel like it fits with the whole 80s especially this was released in the middle of the 80s like 86 and you think about other 80s like 80s horror films we had at the time it feels different which is good because we don't want everything to be the same Yeah, but it still feels creepy like the original, but in a completely different sense, in an 80s style, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I I really fuck with this movie. And how often can you say, yeah, I like the sequel better than the original? You you can't really say that much, um, apart from Shrek 2. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's my ranking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. movies. Cool. Well, my last f- fact for all the films, and especially the 1986 one, is Dennis Hopper thought this was the worst movie he has ever been in. Oh wow! He later said the he later said the same thing about the Super Mario Bros, which was released in 1985 that's hilarious we know where his mind was (laughs) yeah i totally disagree with him um this movie is a gem and i definitely find it the most enjoyable and it has the most rewatchability in my mind but i'm excited to get into your little list of the leather face masks so yes run them by v tell me whose mask outranks whose so uh there are 13 masks in total holy fuck because in a few in the 1995 and the 
1974 film. There are three masks. Shit. In 2003, there are two masks. And then in the others, there are one. Oh, no. In in 19, in the 2003 one, there is two as well. The others have one. So, in 13th place, we have the 1995 Old Lady Mask. Okay. Interesting. You don't like that mask? 12th place is the 1995 Killing Mask. Jesus. Okay. And then in 11, the 1995 Pretty Lady Mask. Okay, I don't know why I like all these masks so much, but that's interesting that number 11 is the pretty lady mask because that I thought was an absolute slay, mama. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know, but I've got to think about, I had to, this is why I had difficulties because I was flip-flopping between a lot of masks, but I had to go with the ones that felt true to where we first saw Leatherface. And these masks felt too much like masks. They didn't feel like yeah. he was wearing someone's skin. I understand. And out of the three of them, the pretty lady mask is my favourite. Yeah, she's a cutie. She is very pretty, but it didn't feel very Leatherface to me. Plus, in in his killing, um, in all the masks, you can see too much of the actor underneath. Yeah. Like, he isn't wearing any, like, prosthetics underneath the mask to distort his face. Fair which enough. is what we've come to know Leatherface to For. look like. Yeah. Um. So he, too, he looked too much like an ordinary man underneath there. I gotcha. So okay. that's, that's why. Um, so my 10th place is the 2013 Old Man Mask. Oh. Which is the one he wears most yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. And then nine is the 2013 Decay Mar- Decayed Mask, which is the one he sews to his face. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I put that one above the um, Old Man Mask is because of the aspect of him sewing it onto his face. Yeah, that was Which we so haven't fucked. seen before. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But that's why it's at there. Um, you're gonna probably be surprised about this placement. Okay. I did flip I did flip flop around this one. Oh god, okay. At first it was lower, but then I was like, no, I don't like these masks more. So eighth place is the two thousand and three Kemper mask. Oh shit, you didn't like that? That one was like really <sighs> fucked up to me. It was fucked up. I, I, it wasn't my favorite. Okay. I mean. And plus he, uh, plus he, he only wears it for one seat and then he switches back. Yeah. I kind of would have liked to have seen a little bit more of it because I liked it so much, but Mm. yeah. But that's why it's at eight. Like it was very unsettling and I think it would have been higher if we, if he had worn it longer, but he wore it for that one scene and that's it. Okay. So, and number seven, um, which is a surprise to me, is actually the 2022 Mrs. MC mask. Yeah, I think that the effects in that movie were honestly pretty good. So, yeah, I think like the leather face in that film is probably uh, the only saving grace, but everything else was a mess in that film. <laughs> but yeah. I really enjoyed his mask. 
Yeah, his mask in that movie was twisted. Yeah. And the way, like, you could tell it was, like, just cut off the person and it wasn't perfect and he yeah. hadn't sewn anything and it was just, yeah. So, yeah, that's why it's number seven. Number six is the 1974 old lady mask. Oh, yeah. That one, I think, freaked a lot of people out. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the best mask. No. But, like, it wasn't the worst. Mm-mm. So that's why it's, like, middle, basically. I gotcha. It's Mid-tier. Yeah, it's mid. It's all right. I could take it or leave it sort of thing. Fair enough. But um, number five is the 1986 mask. Okay. I actually very enjoyed this mask. So that's why it's at five. Um, I mean, I'm eager to hear the, how you place the other ones. Well, number four is the 1990 Gina mask. Okay. Because, now hear me out. I'm listening. It's the fact that the w- Gina, who he kills to make this mask, has a face tattoo of a rose. Mm. And he keeps the face tattoo. And the way he's got it stitched up as well, I I I enjoy it. He said, I'm gonna make face tattoos cool before face tattoos are cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like cannibals don't eat tattoos. Eat, <laughs> eat people with tattoos. You're wrong. We just repurpose the skin. <laughs> um, okay, so um number three is the 2003 killing mask mm, i'm telling you that movie isn't as bad as i would think it would be no and you know it did you know set off the the domino effect of of a remake but i liked the anger that was on the face like the expression you know what i mean yeah like i yeah. know he's supposed to be have a kind of a blank expression but I did enjoy the look of it. Like, he looked visibly terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But it won't, it won't be my top two. Okay, what's your top two? Number two is the 1974 Pretty Lady Mask. It's that bright blue eyeshadow and that lipstick. I it know, we love just, to see it. We do. It's iconic. It's yeah. really iconic. I'm surprised but that wasn't your number one. I, I am too, but I think it's because in number one spot, the 1974 Killing Mask Ooh, is yeah. just so iconic. Yeah. And it's so ugly. Like, he looks like an <laughs> ugly bastard. And I fucking love it. Like, I could not put it anywhere else on the list because it set everything it set a precedent, yeah. Yeah, when you first see him, you're Ugh. like, oh, that's an ugly bastard, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so that is my Leatherface mask ranking. Hmm. Um, obviously, people will disagree or agree on this list, maybe change one or two things, but that's why it's great, because when I watched that guy's ranking list, um, I had very different opinions to him. Um, but that's the great thing because it's subjective to what the person like you you probably would have a very yeah. different mask ranking list to what I did. And that's fine. Yeah, 
We definitely, I definitely feel like I would have done some rearranging on those, but I mean, solid list. Um, and I would like to just pat myself on the back for having to watch all of these movies again because yes. Lord, holy fuck, there's so many of them. The dedication. Yes, and uh, to be honest, so proud of you because you, <laughs> you have stated many times to me, I don't like cannibals. I don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't. And I think now. I think now you probably have a newfound appreciation for it. It still might not be your favorite franchise in the whole entire world, but you've you've managed to watch pretty much all of them, minus a few, and you have found some some gems. Yeah, I I had seen a handful of these, but not all of them. So rewatching all of them and being able to be like, okay, where does this fall compared to this movie, was good. But yeah, I think just the fact that people in this world eat other people is scary. And being in Texas is also scary. Um, So it's just like a culmination of some really terrifying shit. And I didn't even mention that the second one takes place in Burke Burnett, Texas, which is about 15 to 20 minutes away from where I lived in Texas. So I can relate... It's a fucked up situation down there. <laughs> and that's probably why it's number one. <laughs> I thought that this was a very American way to ring in Thanksgiving with you. Yeah. And again, not not what I thought the first franchise we would cover would be. I thought it would maybe be Scream or Halloween or maybe even Friday the 13th. But um, it's, it's, it's a nice surprise considering you you don't like these kinds of films i mean i thought that it was fitting there's plenty of dinner scenes and that's what we're gonna go do is like (laughs) a shit ton of food but not human food well yes human food but not made of (laughs) humans (laughs) thank you for the clarification meg you're so welcome um but yes, you know, you can let us know what your rankings would be for the masks Ooh, yeah. or the films on our socials. So we have Instagram and we are at Horror Huns Podcast and on Twitter at Horror Huns Pod. There will be, re- we will be regularly posting again. Um, Obviously we had a bit of a break, you know, I didn't want to keep rehashing that we weren't having an episode because that's boring and didn't have anything to post unfortunately my brain was a bit melted and so was meg so we're back we're strong next week we had to do a little rearranging of something we were gonna cover but we're gonna cover one of our favorite newfound film well not newfound but like newish film yeah it's definitely like been made in the past few years so yeah i'm excited to get into that yeah me too and all i will say as a little hint um mike flanagan has a tiktok now and it's fantastic oh my god yes i have been sending you pretty much every single video he has posted because i he he's fantastic at tiktok i love it I love I, it so much. <laughs> I love him, and I'm excited that we get to talk about him more next week. Um, yes, that's yes. my and little. We'll hint. probably talk about his TikToks as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, V, do you have any final thoughts for our Thanksgiving Texas Chainsaw Massacre Palooza episode? 
I'm still very confused as to why Thanksgiving is celebrated. Um, I'm kind of glad we've gotten Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise over and done with, so we never have to return to it. Um, I hope the next franchise we do is Friday the 13th, but it probably okay. will be Scream, considering there'll be a new Scream next year. Hey, that, I mean, never say never, but yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Never say never. <laughs> Spend it with people that you love um, and eat a lot of good food and British people just it's an average day for us so keep on keeping on